We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Engage. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Do just one more thing. I want to go to there. Bitch! The language! Unbelievable! I love it when a plan comes together. What the hell just happened? Well, the pod's losing power, and her life signs are fading. We need to get Admiral! another type. Change of plan. We just lost the shuttle. We're trapped here. Hello, and welcome to the Best Bits TV talk show where we talk about a show on TV. This is Kevin, and I'm joined by Will. Hello, Will. Will's (laughs) co-host, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Baby brain has already kicked in. (laughs) It's going to be one of those episodes. Do you like the new intro? I, I, I thought we could have a little introductory blurb. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's got nice symmetry to it. It's very good. It's very good. Did you spend how how did how many times did you have to input that into Chat GPT for it to come up with the right snappy intro for you? How dare you! I just came up with that like in a few seconds. I don't need Chat GPT. We're all going to be made redundant. Let's just get on board as quick as we can. <laughs> just embrace. Good. Speaking of AI overlords, we are back talking about. Star Trek. That, that's a good one. We are. Episode 2. It's called Disengage. Written by Christopher Monfett and Sean Tretta. Directed by Doug R. Neokoski, who also directed Episode 1. Yeah. It's, 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 for me, it's becoming full Wrath of Khan. You were totally right uh, on, on that, after that first episode. You, had saw, you said there were so many, so many little uh, Easter eggs in there. And yeah, we are going full Wrath of Khan on this. There's far fewer Easter eggs in this episode, but um, I can give you a synopsis. Please do. Okay. Having located a gravely injured Crusher and her son Jack, Picard and Riker find themselves dragged into a face-off with a far more powerful foe than they can handle alone. Caught in a standoff, Captain Vadic on board the Deadly Shrike wants Jack Crusher, and she's prepared to kill everyone on board the Titan unless he's turned over. But Jack Crusher isn't just a fugitive with a rap sheet. He's also Picard's son. Dun, dun, dun. They come straight out and they state it, that mm-hmm. he is the son. Probably the best scene in the episode. But let's, let's get to it. Yeah. Let's get to it. So it begins two weeks previous. Jack Crusher on board the Elias alone, it seems, heading towards Sarnia Prime. And it looks like he is a smuggler. He gets boarded by rangers who come on and want to inspect the ship. This is a planet that is dealing with an outbreak of some sort of deadly virus. And he claims to be bringing medical supplies. But once the rangers come on board, they suss out quite quickly that he's also bringing illicit items like Romulan ale. And he cuts a deal with the rangers. But not before one of the rangers says, he says, reach out to the marked woman. We found them. Oh, so I didn't know what he said in that moment because I didn't quite catch what he said. Reach out to somebody. We found him. I was wondering who she's... He said Mark... Is it Marked Woman or Mark Woman? Reach out to the Mark Woman up the road. Yeah, she's not. Uh, so it's the Marked no, Woman. No, reach out the Marked Woman, whoever that is. I was 
surmising from this opening that he was going to rescue Crusher, who's on the planet, uh, because she's meant to be on that ship and we don't see her. But after we have that opening introduction, it flashes forward to present day, to where we left off in the last episode, and Picard and Riker are dealing with the imminent attack from the Shrike. Yeah. Picard quickly figures out that by putting up inhibitors, transporter inhibitors, that when the Shrike tries to beam Crusher on board the ship, that it's him that they want and they want him alive. But they try to devise a way to get off the ship and get back to the Titan because Crusher's life signs are plummeting. She's at 13% and uh, the ship's systems are starting to degrade because of being in the nebula for so long. The Shrike strikes the shuttle, blows it up, eliminating their way to get off the ship. At the very beginning of the scene, what I enjoyed was Picard's and Riker's first instinct, right, when they're faced with this uh, with the, the Shrike uh, vessel. And it is the first instinct Picard has is to negotiate. Right, first thing we do, negotiate. Riker is straight to the console, and that's thrown out the window by the vessel because they won't even open a channel of communication or something like that and that instinct's right there and Jack but the, what I found interesting was Jack was pretty much going now nah, that's not going to be an option and he is very much resistant to whatever solutions Picard and Riker are coming up with he's kind of almost like he's given up yeah so there's a few things that happen in this episode where I know why they did it but there seems to be a lot of stalling in the story things are not able to be done at that moment because of reasons but later on they do it anyway and that happens at least three times in the episode padding padding yeah where people keep restating the problem to each other over and over again and it feels like well this episode overall was less crack than the first episode but there was some good enough scenes in it to keep me sort of feeling confident about where it's going to go. But I did find that this episode was weaker than the first one. How did you feel? I I think I enjoyed it more. I What I enjoyed... Really? Yeah. No, no, sorry. More than you. Not more than the first episode. I But okay. I, still, I still firmly am on board. What I enjoyed about it was that the time frame of the whole episode is basically an hour. You know, or from the Titans' point of view, or close to us, or maybe a couple of hours. I'm enjoying being with Picard and Riker as they react uh, pro- uh, proactively to the challenge that's in front of them, and we're seeing the old instincts kick in. I'm seeing when I'm seeing them leaning over the consoles and kind of trying to problem solve the situation. It feels like we're in an episode, an old classic episode, because it's like, right, we've got this, we've got this strange vessel in front of us we've got a lot of unanswered questions and you young fella are kind of one of the variables and one of our team is is uh, on 30 percent life support i enjoyed so much of this episode for the fact that picard in particular is very very proactive in moving this action basically in, in uh in a positive way and then we cut back to rafi and rafi has been dealing with a secretive handler who i thought based on the way that he was speaking to her that he was vulcan because it was quite sort of clinical and like dispassionate mm-hmm. and Rafi is investigating what went down with the attack on Starfleet recruitment where it turns out that 117 have been killed and Rafi's handler is telling her to basically just sit tight that Starfleet have an opened an investigation and they believe it is someone that Rafi knows Naduko 
And she says, there's no way that, that, that he could have been responsible for that. He's just a trigger man. And she demands a, a face-to-face with her handler. The handler denies it. And Rafi says, okay, well, and I'm going to meet the person that I know that Leduco was in contact with. And it's a Ferengi named Sneed. Mm. So she's off on that mission, which is carrying on from her storyline from episode one and i groaned at that moment when i saw oh sneeds are ferengi oh god i'm so sick of ferengi i thought the sneed scene was quite good but i will say i groaned at something else which is that again with raffi mm-hmm. when people are angry they're really angry mm-hmm. they will like bang their fist off something and they will like they'll indicate in in every utterance how angry they yeah. are and Rafi's character is that for me. I agree with you. Rafi's the, the one element of this episode and the previous episode where I feel myself checking out uh, when it comes to her character. And I don't know if it's the performance. Maybe it is the performance. Maybe it's some of the decisions. But yeah, it's it, I, I, I'm not on board that element of the plot. I'm not invested in her. Well, it's going to lead us to some of the best moments in this episode. But... Um, yeah, it's just sort of like I wish they would just tone it down just a little, mm-hmm. especially in her scenes and uh, and some of the scenes coming up with Shaw. But anyway, Rafi said, "Okay, if you're not going to meet with me, whoever you are, mysterious handler, I'm going to go off and meet Sneed." And then we cut back to uh, Seven confronting Shaw, mm. and this is where characters get back into what you said you did like in the last episode, which is there was a lot of swearing. So how much swearing Shaw, was going on? Is there was a lot of swearing in this episode? Yeah, Shaw saying bullshit. Um, Crash LaForge saying I don't know what that ship is, but it looks really pissed off. That sort of stuff. <laughs> actually, I actually it didn't didn't grate against me as much in this line. She, I what I loved about the scene with Seven and Shaw, she plays on his ego to get him to go and assist uh, Picard and Riker, and she says something like, "Oh, you can be the hero who saved two heroes." You mean the hero who saved heroes or the captain who let legends die? Yeah, there we go. That's it. I didn't understand his character in this. I really liked him in the first episode, but in this one, it was, he kept changing his mind. He kept going from like, no, I'm not doing it. No, not doing it. And then uh, one scene later, it's like, okay, I'll do it. And then as soon as he does it, he's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Man, I'm not doing it. And then it's like, okay, let's do it. And it just feels like there's so much stalling. First of all, I really liked the Titans interjection of the we've got the big tractor beam that's pulling the the small cruiser vessel up and the Titan comes in, breaks the beam. I don't know how real it is. It's just a fun, exciting moment of using <laughs> a ship to block another ship. I also liked the fact, the complication, the added complication that they had already established when Picard had put up those uh, transporter blockers. Now, as they are, they need to be beamed to their safety by the Titan. The Titan now can't beam them out because those same transporter blockers are up. So now it becomes an extra inhibitors. Kind of comp- oh, in- 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 inhibitors. Uh, so Picard now has to, you know, blast them out, and so that he can actually get beamed up. So I just like I was like going, okay, this is neat. I'm I, I'm enjoying that you're uh, in one scene. This was a, a way of saving your ass, and now in the next scene, it's actually creating a complication. So it felt like there was these little moments of complications in there which uh, might have kept us looping a little bit, but I, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother I thought it was uh, nicely embedded within the story itself. There's probably about two or three scenes in this episode that if you got rid of them, I would be far more on board the episode. And it was all the Shaw stuff. 
So, really? Like, yeah, because Vadik says she has a cool line. I think she's a cool character so far. I liked all the stuff that she was doing. Yeah. But she says something like, um, turn your back to run and the only way you'll see the shot that kills you will be the hole in your proverbial chest. But then they end up doing that at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they do. So why didn't they just do it then? That's a big question, and that's something that I would, they don't answer. They would like maybe they will answer in the next episode. I'm giving them no. The- they don't. It Shaw just keeps changing his mind. Shaw is just being an absolute dick in this. Whereas I believed him in the first episode, but in this, it's like stop whining and stop restating things. And there's a moment where they're all on board the Titan. Shaw is aggressively attacking the two guys, Riker mm. and Picard, for getting them into hot water. And he's like, oh, you've risked the lives of 500 for these two fuckers. And Seven is like, fuck you, they're fucking heroes. Like, mm-hmm. calm, your, calm your tits. And he's like, no, fuck you, you're fucking fired. There were things in that scene that, uh, that I appreciated. I Like l- what? I like the fact that in the previous episode, it was Seven who gave... Who, who, gave Riker and Picard the opportunity to go uh, and, uh, and rescue Beverly Crusher. Okay? So she is invested. She's basically put her neck on the line for them. Now it turns out that Seven fucked up uh, because uh, Riker and Picard are on this uh, hunt for a character who will turn out to be who's someone who is a smuggler who should be who, who has got a bounty on their head and Shaw has been justified in saying no we're not going out there and now I understand why Shaw is rightly pissed off with Seven particularly Seven and dismisses her so now we've got Seven's character going a, a little bit on the back foot we've Shaw I just don't to need to see Starfleet people arguing with each other like this on the bridge I don't believe it. I okay. I, I could I, never imagine Picard and Riker or Shatner and Spock ah, but this is having an out and out row the, in front of all the crew and all the crew like looking over their shoulders, like going, "Oh my god, did you just hear what she said?" But hold on, this is the thing, Kevin. Let me let me get in here, right? I think we are taking our kind of our prejud- not our, our stereo- the stereotypes we have already created uh, of of what a Starfleet captain should be from those great captains Picard and thing and uh, and Kirk uh, I feel that there are captains out there who are a little bit spineless who are kind of lacking the, 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 the it's not that he's spineless it's that he's inconsistent we, that he could that there are there are captains out there who are inconsistent and I feel he's got he he, he, he fluctuates on his ego you can you can get to his ego he likes finer things he, but when he's back is against the wall he kind of he bends he bends a little bit he's a bit of a coward ultimately and I'm going that's okay okay I mean there's another thing which I thought like <laughs> there's this debate that's going on through the episode which is is this guy Picard's son yeah they could find that out oh, instantly the, yeah with the tricorder instant. Yeah. It, with the tricorder and also like they've just been on board they have all their um, biometric data yeah. on file but they they need Crusher to confirm it yeah that's odd they kind of know instantaneously so yeah I'm, I'm with you on that one can we not just cut to the chase but you know why they did it because you want to have that great moment at the end like the, the scene at the end did get me and I thought okay I'm back I'm back on board mm-hmm. but there was just a few things in this episode that were grating on me and I thought oh please don't fall into the discovery trap 
where it's just energy for energy's sake and intensity for intensity's sake, and it feels false. Anyway, Shaw demands that, or orders that Jack be put in the brig. He wants to talk to him privately. I think that's what he's going to Let me have a private conversation with him. Yes, which is a good scene, and I like that scene between the two of them, but it, it's the little interstitial moments that are grating on me in this episode, so I'm hoping that this is not going to be an indicator of, of how it's going to go. You see, that didn't these, those little things didn't bother me. And what I loved about the scene with Picard and Jack uh, on their own in the brig is that we saw Picard uh, becoming basically Jack's attorney. Him saying, right, I have got 30 minutes yeah, it's like, to make your case. I want you to seek justice in the courts, not through criminals. This is going back to some of the core, I would say, tenets of Picard's character, is that I, I argued about that in the, in the in the Next Generation movies, that we didn't see him, you know... You know, be basically a lawyer or solicitor for for characters. He's a great orator. He's a great person who can use his his words to try and get someone out of, someone out of a situation. Uh, it doesn't. F- I don't think this episode follows true on the this the, this initial setup, but I enjoyed the promise of it. Yeah, but there are things where I'm like, there's other elements that you could put into this episode that would help. Um, which is like people using their wits rather than just following through on their gut instinct mm. so Vadik says you have one hour now for me when I'm looking at this I think okay so why does she give them one hour not two hours not 10 minutes not 15 minutes mm-hmm. one hour maybe just building something where she needs to power up her weapons or she needs some information she's stalling she's buying time or there's something that she needs to do and that could be one line of dialogue there can be one line of dialogue on her ship we're like from one of yeah. our aliences we need when will we have that drive up and running it give us 30 minutes you know an hour and whatever. for Picard to question that and go like why one hour mm-hmm. and maybe Picard then uses that to, to do something within that time frame which is she needs X so we're going to um, we're going to counter that move in some way rather than Picard just wanting confirmation that he's his son. That's all that he needs. Yeah. For him then to just say, to hell with protocol. But Riker takes matters into his own hands. He goes to sickbay. And despite the fact that Crusher is gravely ill, he decides to give her a shot to wake her up. And he brings her to the bridge. You've skipped over. Oh, I've skipped over. I've skipped over a major, major thing. Even the Rafi, uh, we've Rafi, who has a scene where she actually does meet up with Sneeze, the Ferengi character. But this scene is really cool because finally we have Rafi who meets a Ferengi. I was worried that we we're going to have annoying, an annoying Ferengi because I've watched all of DS9, DS9 recently and I was so annoyed by all of the Ferengis all the time. And what we have is a pretty cool scene with a, uh, uh, an intimidating Ferengi underworld character. The Ferengi questions whether Rafi is with Starfleet. She's with Section 31, it turns out. Well, she's, she's, her argument is that, no, no, I'm actually with the Romulan. And he says, well, you can't be with the Romulan because I've got the Romulan right here. And he lifts up that Romulan's head. And I went, okay. Severed head. Yeah, it's pretty cool. She's going to get killed, it seems, until somebody steps in swinging a bathlet sword and who else could it be mm. it's all out of focus yeah the, the music is quite cool in this moment it builds up to a reveal that it is Worf 
who's come to rescue her after he beheads Sneed. It's very cool. That's a great reintroduction of... He's a fantastic character, and what a great reintroduction to the series. I'm confused, though, because in all the marketing leading up to this, they said that Worf is now a pacifist. And his very first scene, he's like swinging a sword and beheading people. All right, I did not know that uh, they were were framing him as a pacifist because he certainly is not. My God, I went, well, he's doing a lot of exercises. He's he's obviously hitting the the holodeck and doing those. He looks so cool with that white beard and white hair. It really does. That's the wrap up of that story. Worf has been Rafi's handler this entire time, trying to investigate this attack on Starfleet. But we then cut back to... Jack has broken out of the brig and he's on the run and Seven is chasing him down. Kevin, what did you think of before this? We had another uh, video call in FaceTime from Vadik and Vadik said, I'm going to show, I'm going to give you a taste of what I'm going to do to you in 30 minutes. And she picks up Beverly Crusher's, Crusher's disabled ship. Her yeah. ship picks it up and tosses it at the Titan. And it just hops and Picard goes, the what the hell happened? And Crash goes, she threw a ship at us. <laughs> Which I know can be, can be kind of dumb, but I kind of went, oh, no, do you know what? I don't mind this. I, I did not mind that at all. It was like, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it because I think Amanda Plummer is doing an amazing job with this, what is at the moment a fairly, you know, one-dimensional character, right? But she's bringing everything to it. They're lighting her in a cool way I like that she's kind of like smoking this I like, cigarette yeah she she had a sort of a vocal tick that happened when she said she wanted Jack Crusher alive or something like that and it, it, the words caught in her throat I like those little things that she's doing and the way that she pronounces words yeah Picard. she reminds me though of Frau uh, what was her name the Austin Powers henchwoman <laughs> don't say that it's going to be stuck in my head <laughs> Seth Green's Mam, yeah, in Austin Powers, <laughs> but the best scene in the episode then is Riker helping Crusher onto the bridge, and she looks very frail, and no words are spoken, and I found it really moving. Same when they they looked into each other's eyes, and Picard knew all from a look, and he lowered his head. And uh, he then steps up and says, no, belay that order. We're not turning this kid over to Vadik. And Shaw's like, why the hell not? Because he's my son. And Picard says, the immortal lines engage. And they shoot at the uh, Shrike. And Vadik is cackling. She's loving it. And she's like, go after them. And they warp out of there. And uh, yeah. I, it was a good little end sequence. I wrote in my notes when Beverly Crusher is brought onto the bridge. I wrote, wrote a couple of things. But uh, the main feeling I had was I'm getting tingles. The, the way the music swelled, the way they looked at each other, but more so how Picard finds his voice. Because up to this point, he has, he's got that very weak, weak old man voice. And the weak old oh, man voice is going to come back, though. That's of course it just is. who he is now. But just in a moment, in that moment, that old Picard, that old Picard from the, 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 the bridge of the Enterprise just comes back and, and he takes charge. And I really enjoyed that moment. And I went, OK, this is I'm on board. I'm on board. This is a feature film. And we've got one adventure happening here. 
And we now have four of the TNG cast in this episode. We've now been introduced to Worf. So, yeah, a chase is on now, which is that Vadik is going after them. And as Picard says, they'll need to find them if they want to fight. So they're on the run. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I genuinely came away from this going, fuck yeah, give me more. Give me more. I'm glad they did two things, which is they didn't they didn't wait to introduce Worf. That that wasn't dragged out. They revealed who her handler was. And that they just got straight to it and said, nope, this is Picard's son. Yeah. And even Riker was like hanging a lantern on it where he was like, come on, are we really going to do this? Are we just yeah. going to beat her on the bush here? Don't you know who that is? Um, and you're and maybe Riker took a tricorder and he'd scanned them and said, yeah, I confirmed, confirmed for Picard. But it's kind of odd if it is Picard's son that she then named him after her dead husband, who Picard feels guilty about his death. Unless there's another flip in this. They're looking for a fight. They have to find us first. Follow him! <laughs> Star Trek Picard is out on Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime for those that are subscribers to that. Next week's episode is called No Win Scenario. So we will find out what that no win scenario is. Until then, good to talk to you, Will. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. I'm looking forward to episode three. Yes, and I'm enjoying it as well, my arms folded. <laughs> Am I talking about the podcast or am I talking about the episode? Uh. <laughs> we shall see. Back next week. <laughs> Very good. Kevin. Uh, okay. Say goodbye, Will. Goodbye. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Mini bits. Another new episode. Of this Patreon podcast. Exclusive. The best bits podcast with Will and Bonus content for you. Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, you know, I've got this. I've got my corns sorted out. I went to the Tiraptus the other day, and uh, she Your said, "Corn, uh, my corns." Do you, you ever get corns? No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house? You walk no, I, I, I wear no. It's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of yeah. this last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great 
opener for our Mini Bits episode where we get people disgusted. Squally, it's episode 73 of the Mini Bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to goad people into joining up every single episode. And then every so often, it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode. And yeah. I'm like, what did we, how did we say it? What did we say on that episode? It's different <laughs> to the other 270 episodes. Maybe it didn't sound as desperate. Maybe we said, don't join. Maybe reverse psychology. That's how we should do it. Reverse psychology. Don't join up to our patron. Don't. It's, <laughs> you don't des- Everybody cancel. <laughs> you don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the look need of you. you. We don't. We don't need anybody. <laughs> it's just us. It's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people we we did? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially so early. We did an interview with the Irish Examiner last Friday. We did. Yeah. And uh, how do you think? Yeah. I, how do you think I did? I I I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once, so I was <laughs> delighted with how I came across. But you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying that their interview with did they do the examiner as well? It was six uh, months yeah. before it posted. And, and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure. They are they were profiled in the Gar- Guardian as well. Yeah. But we don't do any really promotion. Like nah. we don't do anything. Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is going to be mad. So um, uh, listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're, 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 you're an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, yeah. I just want to die. Those are my Prince Albert. <laughs> Your hat? Yeah. I want Speaking one of, of the, which. I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like glints. Yeah. Like starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, 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 did, what did you want to speak of? Which? Start the time. Oh. I forgot. You may as well. Because the timer. They, all, all these lucky losers are listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after Yeah, we, we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching thing. that. Very okay. Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And I'm... Right. Um, what else did I see? I made notes, but sure. You it doesn't did. really matter. I think I saw it. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh, takes your fancy. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So um, I'm Well, the Joker 2 trailer came out today. I saw it. Yes. I watched that. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Chicago. Yeah. It's kind of like you see it's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that? I think you're right in saying that. So, look. Hey, listen, uh, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch, rewatch The Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was a kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes. Oh yeah, that's going to be. Just to 
fill me in just, like on the lore. You know, get up to speed. Get you right up to speed. <laughs> and you'll be there going, where where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where when are they going to show up? And like it's you know, a weird time though, where we have the penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which is its own universe entirely. Mm. And then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just, I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP. But like it's this, just everywhere. What, well, what's happened is the world, the comic book world has very much entered the, the film world. It's where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors. And there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh, oh this is insane. the thing. Kevin, so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod on a podcast. Wait, was it on one of those uh it was the last, show? It was the last mini bits. Uh, I you, think. you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. And have you started noticing it though? Only 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 with people trying to rise you. That's the only type only where place where I've noticed people no, people on Discord are trying to every, rise you. Oh my god. Oh my god. I could start posting though like um tweets, comments, TikToks. Uh, articles, anything insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. I was okay. like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's it's everywhere. And the other, th- do you know, the other thing that's also bothering me lately. Wow. wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. They would just they were morons. But no. <laughs> I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word, A-L-O-T, a lot. Where has, where have they gotten into their heads that a lot is one word? It's the same way that people will write every time as one word. What's the one that you've, you've pulled me up on a few times and I can't get it right? Compliment. Compliment. I can't, (laughs) but I can't get it right. It's like the you I. Because I told you the other day. Yeah, and I went searching for it and I couldn't find it because I had to actually had to an, use it. If there's an I in compliment, it's yeah. I'm paying you oh, a compliment. That's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was I would found myself writing the word compliment. And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant in my world that, yeah, I read that. Thanks. But I did, right? I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment, I went, okay, what did Kevin say again about compliment? There's an I and the E. What did he say? So I went searching for it and I found it, I think. And I went, oh, the I is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you it's a compliment. It's insane how little you can retain information. It's insane. <laughs> Come here, let's talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I the timer, like, I have a whole it's... fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Here. Okay. Jesus Christ! Where's my fucking? What? Where's my ding dang ding? Here we go. The timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right.